0: This is Dr. Jose Saldiva with the First Year Experience
1: podcast. Today, I am joined by Alan Earhart, Director of International Programs and Partnerships. Lizette um, Real. I'm the uh, International Program
0: Specialist. Awesome. So I've asked our guests in today to talk about some of the opportunities available to our students to do study abroad. Um, and... And sort of the importance, what does it mean that, that our students have this opportunity, uh, and what are some of those opportunities? Um, so, actually, first I want to know, what do you all do? What do you do? Mm-hmm. And so, Lizette, maybe you can start us up. I, I want to hear work. what you say that we do. <laughs>
2: So I think, like, the, the main um, purpose, like, for uh, students is mainly, like, the study abroad opportunities that we offer. So we do short-term and long-term study abroad. Um, I think there's a general, like, uh, lack of awareness of what study abroad is. Um, students can actually do study abroad long-term and keep their financial aid package while doing study abroad. Um, there's also a lot of funding opportunities. So um, right now I'm really pushing... Personally, Gilman, because I think our student population really benefits from it. It's really tailored to our students. So they're looking, it's federal funding, um, but it's uh, for low income students, first generation students, um, students who otherwise would not be able to uh, study abroad. It, mm-hmm. I know Hispanics, statistically, are three times more likely to get it. So it's up to traditionally $5,000. And if wow. the, the program has a language component of one of the identified languages, it can be up to $8,000. Wow. Um, yeah, so we we just started um, kind of promoting that last year. And like we had a slow start to it. Um, so this year we're trying to get more students to get it. Um, we also have in, institutional funding from... Our office um, that's provided by the what fund?
1: It's called the International no, but, but Education what? Fee Scholarship. So it's student fee money that we get, mm-hmm. a very small fraction of that money. So, yeah. Yeah, it's so like 90,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. But
0: that's
2: also sounds
1: uh, like a lot, but when you have 200 people applying, it, yeah. it it's pretty really yeah. quick, yeah. So
2: we have that institutional funding, and then we have a, this this is the first year we have the study abroad up, so that's been phenomenal. I think um, um, I know like our our works um, one of our work studies, Omar. He's our president, and and the treasurer also works with us. Um, and you're the advisor. Yeah, and I'm the advisor. So I mean they they've been really kicking by like um hosting events for students to promote their their <laughs> their uh, programs, but at the same time giving them opportunity to fundraise for their for their uh, program costs. So basically, whatever they fundraise, uh-huh. like the 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 club will pay for from the membership fees, and then all the profit is going to be directly to that student. So whatever I fundraise is going to be directly to my program costs. Wow. Um so it's very like self-driven. Yeah. Like what are how depending on how much you put into it is how much you can raise. Wow. Um and on top of that, it's a really close-knit community of support because
0: a lot of the members have actually done study abroad in the past. So well, you said a lot shared a lot of information. I want to walk us back a little bit because you started out with um short term, long term. Mm-hmm. So so if I'm if I'm a student and I wanna study abroad, what are my options? When can I do it?
2: Mm-hmm so you can do it whenever you want Um, short term programs are typically faculty led programs and those take place in the summer Okay. Um, these are programs that are led by UTRG faculty. Um, you're going to be joined with other UTRG students. So it does have that comfort for students. There's no like uh, credit transfers or anything to worry about. Um, administratively, uh, there's no difference for your financial aid or anything of that sort. It's the same as if you took a class here in right. Brownsville or, or whatnot. Um, in, in terms of long term, that can be anything from a semester up to a year, oh, wow. and so that can take place whenever you want. I mean, you can right now start an application for the fall, the deadline is in, in May, um, and that can be, like I
0: said, for a semester up to an entire year. And so that one, you said the short term that's led by a faculty member for the long term, is that not, would that be thrown an outside Currently, institution? we do We
2: don't offer that right now.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, So, the long term, we really want to start pushing it more Mm -hmm. just because, like, I studied abroad for a semester when I was a junior in college back in 1992, Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that you do have a really good experience when you go abroad for two weeks. You know, it can be really, really enriching and good for your career and change your perspective on everything, including, you know, the Valley and UTRGV in America. But... Um, Long term, you really get a chance to completely or at least partially immerse into the culture. And so we have a number of exchange agreements with partner institutions around the world. And so you can go to a university in France and take a full semester load there and keep all of your financial aid at UTRGV because what happens is you pay tuition at UTRGV. So, the only thing that you'll have to pay when you go to France is, of course, your airplane ticket and your life. So you pay for housing and food and all that. But you don't have to pay tuition. right And we have these all we have a bunch of them all over the world, and uh, and those are opportunities. But students could also just decide, you know, I want to go to the university of. Uh, you know I don't know Cairo or something and we could help them set that up even if we don't have an active exchange agreement so there's I mean they can really students can really do anything we can tailor whatever they want so even if, if the
0: agreement doesn't exist, but I wanted to study in, a, in another country, we, you could do that.
1: yeah, yeah. With,
2: with the paperwork, like to make sure that the credits get transferred, and so the students have a guarantee that unless they, they, they deviate somehow from the credits that they, they put that they were going to take, um, that they will transfer. So they won't have to be wondering like, oh, am I taking all these classes, and then I'm going to go back, and they're not going to transfer. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something that our office does, and we also do the international um, agreements with the universities, so that's that's another service from our
0: office. Just off the top of your head, uh, any idea how many agreements you guys have?
1: Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I just looked at the list. I think it's about 50. But wow. But not all of those are also ex- student exchange agreements. So some of them are just general. We call them MOUs or agreements of cooperation. So okay. they're, they're very general. But... Uh, the active student exchange agreements we have about eight or nine right now, some in China, France, um, uh, Spain, yeah, sure. Russia, uh, Austria, Switzerland. So oh, wow,
0: short term, you know, those that are led by UTRGB faculty. How many programs are we talking about? Like, you know, we're...
1: this year we uh, created about 30 programs, uh, so the so our office uh, you know it's not my office it's the deputy provost office but they send out an email to faculty mm-hmm. um and i'm actually going to do this in about a week um saying uh we're now accepting proposals from faculty for uh, utrgb faculty-led study abroad programs for summer 2018. we're accepting proposals until april 15th and there's a whole packet that the faculty can use to do this um and so last year we got about 28 proposals and we accepted all 28 because that's about our capacity in our office to do this because it's a lot of work. Yeah. Because we have to find places for students to live and excursions for them to go on. And it's it's a lot of work, right? Yeah. Um, so we created about 28 to 30. And I think when the dust settles, because we're, we're enrolling and recruiting students right now, probably we'll have maybe – 14 programs actually go and that's pretty typical i mean it's 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 hard sometimes to get students to go on certain trips yeah so um but it'll be good we'll probably have about this year probably about 250 utrgb students go abroad and study abroad including short term and long term wow yeah so
0: um alan you talked about some of the benefits right if I'm a UTRGV student, entering freshman, why should I think about studying abroad? Well, especially if I'm thinking about one like, um, I, I just want to graduate, right? I, I'm thinking about what my students say. I just want to graduate. You know, I, I don't want to have to take any extra classes. I, I can't afford it, right? Um,
1: what, what's Give me your sales pitch. Sell me ongoing. Well, yeah, I would say uh, you, can, you can't you can't afford not to do it. <laughs> because we're creating programs that are relatively inexpensive, right? And again, like Lizette said, you can keep your your UTRGB financial aid. What Study Abroad does for you, apart from the fact that it's really interesting to go and live in a foreign country that you've never been to, and 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 maybe even pick up some of the language. You're getting international experience and in a lot of our classes, um, you know, we have one in international project management to South Korea led by a professor from UTRGV who also happens to be Korean and they go and visit uh, corporations based in South Korea like Samsung and they have, they, then they work on some international marketing uh, management project. Mm-hmm. And so that is real life world experience that you're getting actually in the country. And so my point is that that's going to separate you from other job applicants, especially if you're an engineer. If you have some international experience doing something related to engineering, you're going to that's probably what you're going to talk about in your job interview. And, you know, I can sit here and say this, but there's actually empirical evidence that students that study abroad wind up um, making more. In like the first five years of their professional career, probably because they're getting better jobs, um, maybe with international assignments and, and things like that. That's probably why. But um, yeah. that's a good selling point. Yeah. And and and, and also, you know, I think um, I mean, if, if you're like me, I was born and raised in uh, southwest Washington. Um, it was very monoculture. I'd never been out of the U.S., um, I hadn't really traveled much in the U.S. And then I studied abroad in Italy for a semester and it completely changed my entire outlook on my hometown, my home country, everything. And, um, and I think that that's so important uh, for anybody that wants, you know, to 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 be a professional and, mm-hmm. and to be successful in their career especially today with how small the world is oh yeah it's, it's extremely likely that if you work for a big corporation that you're, you'll get at least a chance to to work on some international collaborative team wow. so if you have international experience you're going to be better off well, i'm
0: sold so where do i go if i'm a, if i'm a student where do i go to sign up or to get in for more information
2: We're located in the third floor of the stack building. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's an office of global engagement. Um, We're uh, an office under that. And um, so if you go through the stack building, um, the elevator to the right, (laughs) that's where we're at. Um, I know something that we didn't touch on and something that we hear a lot from our students that maybe might not be pertaining to other universities Mm -hmm. is like, the lack of, of, of family support, um, and even, like, at that, like, the community support. Like, not a lot of uh, students have done study abroad, yeah. and so, the, like, parents are reluctant to to support them because they see that as not really, like, um, part of their education, but more of, like, a luxury. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, it's very, like, oh, no, you're, you're staying home, you know, like, um, so we have dealt with that, and, and right now we're trying to kind of support students and doing, like, parent info sessions, which, again, might not happen at, at other universities, but that's something that, that we're here to support students. Um,
0: and that's certainly speaking to the students, to their reality, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, I, I totally see that. Um, you know, and and truth be told, so my junior year, I was supposed to go study abroad when I was in college, and I was supposed to go to Chile, and um, I was going to be flying on January 1st, 2000, and so I remember um, over Thanksgiving break, my mother freaked out and didn't want me flying because the planes were going to fall out of the sky right in the year 2000, two oh, yeah. K. K? and so my mother had <laughs> just, you know, yeah. broke down, and and so I didn't go. Yeah. And I had, you know, a bunch of my friends went. They had an amazing time. It would have been for the long semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the few regrets I have for college. So whenever whenever I, uh, my students ask me about study broader, we talk about it in class because I always make, make it a point to do that. I always encourage them, you know, it's, it it. how often do you have this opportunity where you get to go and study another culture and live yeah. in another country and, and do so without without any real other outside obligations.
1: And, and that's one of my pitches that I always make too, is that you'll never have this opportunity to go and live in a foreign country with this level of freedom and, and the ability to just kind of explore new ideas and things. Because if you go to a foreign country for that long, you're probably going for a work assignment internationally. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to say is that we're also at in uh, B Main on the Brownsville campus in uh, room one..8. 1.308 or 2, anyway, it's right there. <laughs> you can find it. And also, you can also just Google Study Abroad UTRGV, and our website is the first hit on um, on the internet, which okay. is utrgv.edu forward slash IPP. Okay. Yeah, that's and awesome.
2: And especially if uh, for Gilman, just a quick pointer, um, mainly like the requirements for Gilman, that scholarship that was up to $8,000, is that they have to be a U.S. citizen and they have to receive the Pell Grant. Um, which I think right now at least 50% of our student population does receive. Um, And that's basically the main requirements for Gilman. If it's especially somebody um, thinking of going into a federal position, Mm -hmm. um, Gilman recipients, are called Gilman Scholars once they they receive the scholarship, um, they get uh, um, non-competitive... Hiring status within government positions so they oh, can wow. like apply outside of like official
1: like hiring processes. Yeah, I think like internal only candidate yeah. positions. And stuff. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's pretty amazing. And yeah. our track record is that you have a better than a 25% chance of getting thousands of dollars to study abroad. And you only have to write basically a page and a half, two pages, and, we'll, and we can coach yes. you on what to put in the document. Wow, that's yeah. awesome!
2: Yeah. So if any if any student wants to like find out more information, we do host workshops for that. Even though it's not an institutional scholarship, um, we're totally committed to supporting students in, in in applying. They can send me their essays if they want feedback on. I am um, the advisor for the for the university, um, so any students that have. Any questions, um, they can...
0: Yeah, that's This is awesome. Um, yeah, do me a favor and just send me, you know, if you've got any workshops coming up yeah. or info sessions, let me know. Yeah, um, um, so the deadline is coming up March
2: 6th. Yeah. But definitely, like, if anyone's even considering doing it for the next cycle, yeah. um, they have an early application deadline, which is October uh, 3rd. Um, so that's an early application cycle. So if they, for some reason, don't get it, they can actually reapply for the regular application yeah, totally cycle. Really
1: cool. Yeah, there's, there's definitely time between now and March sixth. March sixth. March sixth to get it done. Okay. I mean, you can totally get it done.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we uh, will encourage our listeners and our students to, to, if they're interested, to at least go see you guys and mm-hmm. and get more information, be informed about this. Um, Long term. Long-term, you, would you like to see the, the, the program grow? Do you want I mean, is there, is there a number in your head? Like, you, know, you mentioned over 200 students. Yeah. Is there a number of, like, you know, I want 500 students or 1,000 students to, to yeah. study abroad?
1: Um, so right now we're, we're at about 250 a year UTRW students going out. And okay. um, uh, let's see, we're at 30,000 students, so that's less than, what is that, less than 1% or something? Yeah, But if you take 250 per year, then it's probably higher than that over the four-year cycle. So I don't know what that might be, 2% or something, but... The national average is about 2%. So, okay. we're you know, we're hitting the national average. But I would love to see 500 go out. And so what we're trying to do is find funding for students. Okay. And we're also trying to create uh, really, really, really cost-effective programs. In fact, that's something that we were much more intentional this year about over last year. Last year, because I was new, Lizette was new, everybody in the office was new, we were kind of running in front of a tsunami and just kind of creating programs because we just didn't have any time left. Yeah to do this and uh, the programs some of them were quite expensive this year some of the same programs are half the price that they were last year because we've just changed the accommodation so the students aren't staying in hotels they're staying in youth hostels or they're staying in dormitories at universities oh nice and so that's yeah that's really really dropped the cost which is basically accommodation is the big wow. the big cost so yeah that's our I think that's how we could get to 500 is by finding funding and then decreasing the cost of the programs for the that's students good. Wow. Well, it sounds
0: like a wonderful program. Sounds like wonderful opportunities for our students. Um, And so, yeah, let us know how we can help um, because I'd love to see more students get out there and experience, you know, international travel and just get a different perspective of the valley and of the world. Mm So. Definitely. Great. So thank you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you for, for joining us. Yeah. So that'll conclude this episode of the First Year Experience podcast. Make sure you uh, listen to us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.